0: Welcome to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. Our program is designed to offer solutions to those individuals with exceptional needs, plus families, professionals, and educators. Dr. Sean and his guests will share ideas that you can begin using immediately in order to promote a harmonious relationship and move forward. Now, here is your host, Dr. Sean Surface.
1: Hey, good morning my Voice America listeners, very happy to have you with us today. I hope that you've had the time to reflect on some of your past successes while diving into all those challenges during the last week. We have tried to bring you shows that will help you better understand individuals with disabilities or to give resources to people or families living with disabilities. And so the show will continue to do that today. Um, one of the things that I've learned over the last 30 years of being in this work is how to go with the flow. We had two uh, guests scheduled this morning, Amanda Alvarez, our Community Integrations Director at Total Programs, and Mark Woodsmall and his wife, Eva Woodsmall to discuss their uh, the vineyard that they have created, uh, and unfortunately, Amanda was given jury duty, and Mark Wood Small is in mediation and wasn't able to join us today, but we are happy to later have Sarah Robledo, our Associate Executive Director and past Community Integration Director join us, and Augie Jimenez will join us again. He also did serve as Community Integration Director for Total Programs. I'm really excited. Today we're going to discuss Community Integration. Community integration is like the biggest thing of of all for people with disabilities. There's no point in any of the trainings, any of the things that we're doing unless we can get out and about in the real world. We've spoken about many laws that have led up to today's systems of education and support. The biggest of all is integration or specifically community integration. Community integration is where it all happens, it's where we can practice social skills daily and practice our what we call adaptive skills or our ability to take care of ourselves it's all these things that we learn in various therapies and that we can practice it's where we can practice and generalize all the skills we are taught and place them in a productive fashion specifically oh i'm having technical difficulties this morning i'm sorry specifically a place to be human you know, it's a, the community is that place to socialize in a very challenging world, a place where a family can be a family and a person can feel good about themselves and not isolated. Remember Mary, who finally got her own place after many years of struggling at home and in hospitals? But we got her a great place to live and the right supports for her to be happy. See, everyone can live happily ever after. We started our community integration program to get one of our first clients out and about and using her skills. She's now able to attend a great program in the San Diego area. Community integration has its very own history and its reason for development. Community integration, while diversity defined, is a term encompassing the full participation of all people in community life. It is specifically referred to the integration of people with disabilities into US society, from local to national level for decades was a defining agenda in the country, such as the US and in Great Britain. In in the US, the Consortium of Citizens for Disabilities advocates for national public policy, which ensures the self-determination, independence, empowerment, integration, and inclusion of children and adults with disabilities in all parts of society. Other countries, such as Canada, with different roots often spoke of inclusion, the unifying global agenda in disability and community life. There's something that's called the the Olmstead Act, and it's what I'll focus on here in a couple of minutes, but it is the meat of how we have been able to create community integration programs. The theories behind community integration is theorists have differentiated types and levels of integration in special education, as physical, functional, social, community, and organizational. In disability circles, community integration meant opportunities for participation in schools, careers, homes, relationships, leisure, and a variety of interests and lifestyles. Benton and their and the late Wolf Wolfsberger of the U.S. are internationally known for their concepts of normalization and the social role valorization with particular emphasis on physical and social integration. Gustafsson in 1990 of Sweden was indicated, has indicated that physical integration best describes the common use term of integration with social integration struggle. It's the equality and quality of life. The intent of community integration was the participation of people with disabilities in regular environments, the antithesis of the exclusionary practices. As the field moved towards community supports, theories related to community living began to require accountability beyond minority groups with a new emphasis on self-determination. As described by Racino, these theories include ecological theories, community support theories, system theories, feminist theories, family theories, social cultural theories, critical theories in education, psychosocial theories, the generic human concept theory, and universal theories, these ideas of what we could do to bring the community together to support individuals. It called for systems change. Taylor, in his analysis of community systems, proposed the principle of non-restrictive environment as the counterpoint to the federal government's least restrictive environment principle. See, this idea of least restrictive, doesn't always mean the best. It just means the least amount of distance away from the typical population. But what we commonly need is a place where the person can feel not restricted, but able to have access to the community and to the systems that have been put into place. So in 2014, the governing principal in the United States, the Supreme Court set a integrated community integration um, program, oh, I'm so sorry, set the, the most integrated setting based on the Supreme Court's Olmstead decision. Now I started to talk about that. Prior to the Olmstead decision, the Supreme Court addressed the community integration issues multiple times in the case of Haldeman versus Pennhurst State School and mm-hmm. Hospital. A class action filed in pennsylvania by attorney david folger although the olmstead decision explicitly did not reach the constitutional issues decided in the penhurst and other cases limitations in the olmstead act have been critiqued and it has been argued that it's a constitutional right to community services okay so now the olmstead act what that did was it said segregating individuals from the community was an act of segregation and against the americans with disabilities act therefore it was unconstitutional prior oh the analysis of large-scale systems changes in community integration has involved challenges by local public agencies key elements of these strategies are enabling leadership putting people first values and visions learning for quality not just learning for learning sake but learning so that you have a quality life and its implications for national policies. Disability agencies, state-level disability systems, um, community and societal change are essential elements of the process and outcomes of community integration but societal thought is not just it's not the only thing that needs to happen laws needed to be put into place thus the olmstead act came to be community integration also has a strong community roots which places its which which places it in the community practices fields from community psychology to sociologists studying community to inclusive education in local school settings to competitive businesses with rehabilitation rural independent living, urban sociology, local parks and recreation programs, community development and housing, neighborhoods and communities among others. All these programs had to be developed. There were no programs in place for community integration. There was a concept, but no, nothing put into place so that it could be acted upon. Even the idea of inclusion and education means that there's an access to other kids, but it doesn't necessarily mean automatically that there's going to be education integration. Educational integration has a long history of debate, described as more comprehensive than academic mainstreaming. Community integration in this context of schools refers to the opportunities to learn practical social community living skills and job training in a wide variety of community settings. Based in part of the civil rights movement, as represented by Brown versus the Board of Education. School integration was based on the right to be free and appropriate education in regular schools and classrooms. Educational integration, now often equated with inclusion, remains controversial in the US, although it's supported by laws, due in part to special education systems. School integration also involves children with more significant disabilities, such as those with technology-assisted needs, Progress has been made in education at the post-secondary level in almost all populations, due in part to disability service departments at colleges. Today, instead of educational integration, the goal is for continued school reform through inclusion education, for education with accommodations as required by law. It's so important that kids have the opportunity to be with typical developing kids for multiple reasons, for educational reasons, social reasons, for that reason to, so that they know and understand their community. One of the biggest things we try and do is make sure that the, the kids are always in schools as close to their home community as possible. The reason for that is so that they know kids and they know people in their community. Our community integration program, that's what it's about. It's about getting kids out and about, and young adults, out into their community so that people know who they are. Housing is a very, very difficult thing. In the U.S. disability field, a major shift has occurred from group and facility-based models of homes, so group homes, or hospital settings, with support services now emphasizing more home-like housing in the community. Homes, neighborhoods, and relationships. The most recent initiatives were in home ownership. And an important important form of community integration, which also involves a feeling of ownership. Housing integration builds on a long history of supports of good quality, affordable housing, which often should include the analysis of the social exclusion, which may concentrate on U.S. protected classes. So there are certain classes, you know, that they're able to afford these things and they're able to put their family members in apartments or homes, but there's another group of people that don't have those funds available to them and need that support. Housing integration is of great importance, in part because of the history of residential segregation, usually by race and class. Residential segregation, is due to the inequality and disparity, continues to be a studi- studied in ethnic, social, and economic frameworks. Housing is very important to find for individuals with disabilities, but it also means you've got to set up support systems to be able to help them within those settings. That's why Mary is so successful, because she has support systems in place. In addition, redlining as a bridge issue across lower and middle classes affects housing and neighborhood integration from as early as the 1970s, with gerrymandering of districts for community development funds more common in the 2000s. A discussion of residential segregation in the U.S. and in Europe, a critique of the ideal integration can be found in inclusion and democracy. In the U.S., mixed income and scattered site housing has reported in case study of a housing association supporting people with disabilities in Madison, Wisconsin. It's the Madison Mutual Housing Association and Cooperative. In Canada, the Prairie Housing Cooperative. Integrates pe- persons with disabilities into the community via housing. An early review on nonprofit housing in the U.S. and Canada, with increasing government funds in the U.S. today, indicates that there's a mixed-income housing was used primarily in troubled neighborhoods, with efforts to seek higher-income tenants to move into those neighborhoods, as opposed to raising entire groups of living standards. So, if you want places to be good, you have to have multiple kinds of people in those places so if you have a community you have to have a community that has multiple types of income levels, socioeconomic levels as we would say, multiple different kinds of people including people with disabilities. The status of housing and disability in America was reported by the National Council on Disability in the US and compared to Harvard University's report on the nation's housing. Now I had said before that recreation is one of the most challenging things, knowing what to do with your downtime and having things put into place. Being in the community has meant being part of activities and events on local levels in towns and cities and suburbs. Recreational integration is a facet of inclusion and community access. Schools and recreation integration has was promoted in the US and in countries such as Canada and Australia. On the local level, concerns have generally concerned acceptance and friendships, support services, site accessibility, group size, and truly integrated side-by-side activities. For example, in England, community opportunities were sought so people could belong, contribute, make friends. In addition to recreational funding, it also be, has been tied to facilities, community integration involves changes in staffing of regular community environments such as the YMCA. Um, one of our guests later, actually both of our guests later worked for a company called Ability First, which was primarily about community integration and setting out community programs. And, and it was similar to kind of a YMCA program where it was an after school. By 2013, at least one academic recreation and tourism department had an inclusion, an adaptive educator as its department chair, supporting integration and inclusion. Recreational inclusions may entail a camp or a neighborhood school, a girls' softball team like the challenger teams we were talking about last week, school sports or technology clubs, a community choir, a speaking course, or participation in the social world. Car-related examples might be amusement park car tracks or car shows or bike nights or things that would be of interest to the individual. It's so important that there is the, not just the access, but the supports in place to allow the person to be, you know, we talk about employment integration, employment integration has been a big thing since the 1970s. And it's very important. Progress has been made at the leadership level with the first African American president. So we, had, we accomplished that, now we have to further accomplish employment of people with disabilities. We know that women make less money than men. People with disabilities make less money than typical, typical developing people. And they may be doing the same job or a very similar job. In the context of employment integration, it has to be conceptualized how you put the social supports into place. You have to also make sure that people don't feel threatened by people with disabilities coming into their workspace and taking their positions, which seems odd, but it can happen. Okay, so we've come to our first break. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Get yourself a cup of coffee. When we continue, we'll talk a little bit about more about employment and and integration.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice. Much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune in to Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo. To bust through the myths about feeding your baby, Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be. And our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call 1-866-54-TUTOR or visit TotalPrograms.org. You are listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. We'd love to encourage your participation in the program. Call into 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to surface at totalprograms.org. Now, back to
1: this week's show. Well, welcome back. I hope that you've had a chance to get yourself a cup of coffee and back to relax a little bit and listen. Talking about community integration and integration of individuals with disabilities, and I kind of ended it by talking a little bit about, you know, where our country is these days in regards to promoting people that weren't promoted in the past. Again, we had an African-American president. We had Madeleine Albright as secretary of state. We had was it Janet Human as uh, or Judith Human as our education, the head of our education department. We had Hillary Clinton break a lot of glass ceilings, not that final one, but you know, it's just we're in a mentality of change. For those with severe disabilities, employment integration initiatives were often framed as supported employment, which allowed jobs at regular businesses and employment sites. Similar initiatives in mental health field were often called transitional employment and other forms of integration, including competitive placements in businesses and industry, targeted positions, and even affirmative businesses in the hearts of business districts. A major success with the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act in 1990, which was amended in 2008, which was actually a a follow-up on the Rehabilitation Act of 1973, that provided and protected men and women with disabilities in obtaining jobs, careers and positions with necessary workplace accommodations. Remember I talked about the Rehabilitation Act 504 and that came about somewhere after World War I where people needed men needed to return to jobs and if they were missing a limb or they were missing some part of their body that they used for that job, if an accommodation could be put into place, the Rehabilitation Act said it needed to be. So that's kind of the, the ideology of some of these laws, too. A key service for employment integration is often considered to be a personal assistance service or what we might call like a job coach. Um, un- what we try and do is make the, the situation as natural as possible and have natural supports in place. So the job coach can be an extra expense, but it can also be utilized to support many individuals, not just one person in the context of employment integration. It has been conceptualized to include social aspects of promotion, discriminatory hiring and termination practices, performance standards, job sharing and modification, educational attainment, internships, volunteer experiences. We do a lot of volunteer experiences with our kids. We have local churches that help us by letting our, our kiddos come and help out their Everything from putting Bibles out into the, uh, 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 into the congregation to helping clean up. And it's really a nice thing for the kids to be thanked and feel good about what they're doing and feel like productive individuals. Um, we uh, look at job sharing at times, educational attainment, training. Internships, again, those workplace relationships. Workman's compensation, workers' compensation. You get hurt on the job, but we're still gonna take care of you. Competitive employment integration in the U.S. workplace is expected by law, and a categorical service have tended to be developed a segregated basis, on a segregated basis, such as sheltered facilities and supported employment. Employment integration is a worldwide issue modified by approaches to multicultural groups, such as the growing Latino population in the U.S., the changing economy from manufacturing to more service oriented and increasing employment opportunities, or excuse me, increasing unemployment. Policies have to be put into place. Policies of community integration have been most criticized for its inattention to gender, ethnic, cultural, racial, class and economic factors. It's like a double discrimination. At the university level, multiculturalism including disability was proposed as a solution to complex issues. Community integration in place in practice involves diverse approaches and models: age, team, agency, area, gender integration or segregation, and has been an integral has been integral to the deinstitutionalization and the community development for over two decades over the last 20 years we've tried to break down the institutions and have people living either in typical home settings or in smaller group home settings and not in places where they have multiple staff that they don't know that come in and leave on a, there's people 24 hours a day uh changing on them and so you know, the, the idea is to move more towards a, uh, a typical home environment, and policies have been put into place, and we've been getting many, many phone calls over the last really five years trying to get us to assist in supporting individuals. And this is why we're doing this talk today, because we spent so much time supporting individuals out there. And I think it's really important that we understand the laws and we understand why these things Came about The Olmstead Act came about because it was no longer okay, just like the Wyatt Stickney Act. It was no longer okay to just not, just to house individuals with disabilities. And house meaning not give them a place to live, meaning just give them a place to stay and be. And what we want is a productive life. You know, there's also cross-disability situations. In the subfield of brain injury, community integration included areas ranging from supported employment to daily living skills, family interventions, which we're really big on, versus support, and memory training, school reintegration, and transitions to post-secondary education. Community integration was being diversely defined by researchers, including those in the fields such as brain injury, sensory impairments like hearing or visual impairment developmental or physical disabilities. News and professional journals were often read integration into the community, integrated care, community reintegration. In the field of mental health, Paul Carling promoted community integration in the 1980s and 90s in the opposition to the predominant medical model while of psychiatric rehabilitation. Now one of the things that happened in the 80s in the US is the a lot of the support services, a lot of the hospitals were closed down. But unfortunately, support services were not put into place while they were closing down. So what ended up happening is you had a lot of people living on the streets with intellectual disabilities and and we still have that. You still see a lot of people out there with intellectual disability motor, motoric disabilities, such as cerebral palsy and still not having exactly the, the support services that they need. It's very important in today's society that we set up programs that will help people from anything from a brain injury to mental retardation to autism to physical disabilities. It's so important that we have in-home support services, in-home support services allow people who can do everything they need to do as long as they have somebody help them get dressed and get ready in the morning. But then once they're, you know, like in their wheelchair or once they're on their way, they can do their own thing. I have plenty of friends that have disabilities but are able to take care of themselves and are able to work and be very productive members of society. A guy by the name of Bebo Saab, very good friend. He's an attorney. He works... His butt off trying to help people with disabilities. He has disabilities himself. Love to have him on the show sometime. He's an attorney. He's but he needed those supports to get through school and to get and to be on the job. And he does a great job. But he can't do that job unless he has the supports. In let's talk a little bit about a US federal initiative. In nineteen eighty five, the US government funded a national community integration project identifying the best community practices for people with the most severe disabilities. Technical assistance was funded through the Rehabilitation Research and Training Center on Community Integration. It's of the National Institute of Disability Rehabilitation and part of the US Department of Education. The Rehabilitation Research and Training Center on the Community Integration at Syracuse University headed by Steve Taylor also had subcontracts with the University of Illinois And the University of Minnesota, both trying to create programs for community integration. The principles of community integration through a national flagship center, such as the Rehabilitation Research and Training Center on Family and Community Living, which is facilitated by Lacken and Racino of Syracuse. These were the principles of community integration as they saw them. One. All people with disabilities will be able to live successfully in and as part of natural communities that provide them the supports they need. Two, all people with disabilities will be recognized for the positive contributions they make to their families and communities. Three, all people with disabilities will benefit from enduring relationships with other people, including family members and community members without disabilities. All people with disabilities and their family members will be entitled to participate in decisions affecting the nature and quality of services they receive. All people with disabilities will have access to services and supports that provide choices and support full citizenship. Services and supports for people with disabilities will be individualized and responsive to cultural and ethnic differences, economic resources and life circumstances. Public policy will provide the opportunity to enjoy productive, integrated lives. One of the biggest programs out there now and the the newest trends is self-determination, where a family is given a a set of supports that need to be funded. They are given funds to uh, pay for those resources and they decide if the resource is really benefiting or not during the and that that came about from a in 1988 there was a leadership institute on community integration and it was really where this beginning thought on self-determination began it was the idea that through self-determination people really understood their own needs better than anybody else And I still think that that holds true, that very commonly we put cookie cutter interventions into place for each person, thinking that, you know, if they have the same disability, they must need the same supports, and it's just not true. You know, everybody needs different supports to access their own community, and one community may differ from the next. In particular, community integration in intellectual or severe disabilities and developmental disabilities means families for all children. For adults, it means ordinary or regular homes with support services. In addition, community integration means recreation. It means employment. It means transportation opportunities. You know, if you can't get anywhere, you can't be anywhere. So if you can't be anywhere, you're not able to... Be a productive part of your community. I mean, the fact that for adults, it means ordinary and regular homes. We're so used to living in our own home, in our own place. And all of us have had the experience where we've had somebody sick and we have to go visit them in a hospital. And the God honest truth is you can't wait to get out of there. You can't wait to get out of the smells of the hospital, everybody's sick, everybody's kind of down. Well, if you're stuck living in a situation like that, it can be pretty dismal. So the fact that it's this emphasis towards regular homes in recreation. In addition, community integration means recreation, employment, like I said, transportation, education with the personal assistance and supports necessary to participate fully in the community. We have kids that are trying to go to college, but it's just really difficult for them to navigate the campuses, for them to always understand all the notes that need to be taken. So when we have personal assistance in place and, and and like the in-home supports in place, we're able to get people into productive and very useful lifestyles, and that's really our goal at Total Programs. I want things to be as typical as possible, and this thing about access, that's great. you know. I want people to have access, but if you don't have the supports in place to actually access what you're trying to get to, you're not going to be able to do it. Community integration has been tied to quality assurance in the community and an improved quality of life. It has involved evaluations and studies over at least 20 years in areas ranging from how much things cost to personal studies of people to services like total programs, like does it work well? What? How does it work well? I really like the fact that the regional centers, which are a part of the Department of Developmental Services, are now putting out quality assurance uh, 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 reports on each agency to make sure that agencies are doing what they're supposed to be doing so that when a parent goes to an agency, they know that they are trained and ready to help and they're not just learning on the job. I mean, we learn on the job about the individual person, but you have to have technologies and skills in place to help people. We're now starting to see in our behavioral world, um, like an international group of people all over the world everywhere, Australia, New Zealand, Japan, Israel, Austria, Great Britain, Iceland, Sweden, you know, all, all, many Czechoslovakia, Russia, there's lots of interest now in integration of individuals with disabilities, where in European countries in the past, and some Eastern European countries, you saw no supports. You saw nothing in place. In fact, you saw a very dismal life for people. And that, hasn't ch- that didn't change much here in the United States until the 70s. So we can't think that we're that far ahead of everybody. What we can do is help model, help show others how programs can be best implemented and and developed. And that's kind of where we're going to go next. Um, I've got Augie Jimenez and Sarah Abledo on hold, and they're going to join us after the break. Uh, we're going to discuss... You know what they think about community integration services, and why they did this stuff, why they spent, you know, the last decades of their lives, if not more, uh, trying to help people out in the community. So we'll be back in a couple minutes, and uh, and enjoy the, uh, uh, the the break time.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
0: Life has its joys and challenges. At Total Programs, we can assist you with the challenges and show you that solutions are possible when good strategies are put into place. At Total Programs, we understand how difficult your day can be, and our goal is to assist your family in having the supportive, safe, and successful environment where love and joy can reign. We can design programs and strategies to bring you the success, safety, and support that you desire for your home, school, and community. Call one 54 tutor or visit TotalPrograms.org.
2: We all have challenges each and every day. How do you relax and live in a calm state? On Chaos to Calm, we introduce you to the concept of wrenchway, a path to feeling calmer and happier. Listen Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: You are listening to solutions and strategies with dr sean living the challenge we'd love to encourage your participation in the program call into 1-866-472-5792 again that's 1-866-472-5792 you may also send an email to sean surface at total now back to this week's show
1: Oh, well, Welcome back. I got a little tongue tied there at the end when I was trying to say goodbye bye to everybody. It's because I'm so excited. I'm very excited because we have on with us now Sarah Oblato, who is my associate executive director. She's second in charge of total programs and she's actually on maternity leave right now. Just had a little baby boy named Adam and we're very excited to have her on the show this morning. So good morning, Sarah. Very good to have you. And Augie Jimenez, who's been on the show a couple times already, is back with us also to discuss community integration ideas. So, good morning, Augie. morning, John. Sarah, we've been talking this morning a lot in depth about our community integration policies in the United States and why we have community integration programs. And we're we're one of the few programs around that actually takes kids and then young adults out into the community. Especially with the behavioral challenges. Tell me, uh, how did you get interested in this field of developmental disabilities? When I, when I fell into uh, some volunteer opportunities years ago,
3: um, it was just something that clicked where I saw, I feel like I saw the potential in in so many students that that sometimes was not seen by the rest of the community or the rest of um, the people around them um, because everybody has potential. And, and that really drove me to want to continue working with this field and, you know, eventually with um, the community integration programs that, that uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to be a part of. And yeah, in and, and, and our, our current program, it's really driven, I think, me and a lot of the, my colleagues to, to push for the potential for each individual uh, student that that to to be seen for who they really are and their basic needs and wants which are the same as every as every person
1: yeah it's wonderful I mean that's the only way we can look at it we must look at it as the individual person and that's how we create programs that work well for them when you first started in our community integration program what were your goals
3: um my goal you know were, it was really a focus on on that on the individual on that um you spoke a little bit earlier about uh, person first planning and and that was something that always um, interested me personally to to say okay here's here's this individual, there's no cookie cutter uh, way to say how their community experience should be or what you know activities they should be and there's no there's no one way to do it because there's no one way that any any adult you know typically developing adult or or teenager or child you know lives and navigates their world so it was really interesting and and one of the, for me and to to set the goal of working with each individual and seeing okay what are your strengths what are what are the things that this individual really likes to do um how can they navigate their community in a successful way That's built around them because, Mm -hmm. you know, we've worked with so many students and and that's, that's been the the biggest goal, I think, for me is to find out what's going to work directly for them.
1: Yeah, we've had to create a assessment process that allows us to look at that individual for who they are, not just as a disability. Augie fill in a little bit talk to us a little bit about the assessment process for many years you headed the actually both of you headed the community integration program but you've been very involved with the assessment development of that program Augie so tell me a little bit about it what do you when you go to create a program with people what's your assessment and intervention process
4: yeah I mean I think Sarah touched on it a lot is trying to figure out uh, the strengths and you know maybe the weaknesses of um, of any individual that we're trying to assess, so that we could build a program that is going to be successful for for that child and their community and their family ultimately. Uh, so the the process has been uh, fluid. We've always tried to keep up with um, with what's new. Uh, you've been actually very helpful in helping guide that and um, having um, some you know, a lot of specialization and, and understanding assessment tools. And so, um, you know, we really always try to keep up with making sure that we're trying to get the whole picture of the individual strengths and weaknesses, looking at what particular uh, skills they may need. Um, are they, you know, what things um, show us that they're, you know, ready for community integration? Um, and if they are ready for community integration, what what specific types of of uh, of goals we should be uh, focusing on for this person to help try to um, you know empower empower them, and then also you know build in the component of advocacy for that particular individual in that community.
1: yeah, it's it's so important for us to be able to look at the individual community too, and like what are they going to be accepting of? and what are I mean, we can write plans, we can create a whole program. but if we don't have community members, that are ready to accept that program, where it's not gonna happen. And I think that the only way that that does happen is by us actually being out and about in the community with people. But it's like a double edged sword. Like you can't get, you have to get out there so people know you and know the kiddos and know our program. But they may be fearful of that at first when they first see somebody come in or somebody might be a little disruptive. When they come into a store, they may not want the person because they don't understand it. So getting that understanding out there so that the person has that good life, that's really what we call that social validity, that idea that the program is there to make their life better. Sarah, in thinking about social validity, the idea of increasing quality of life, why, why is this CI stuff so... Why is it important? Why don't we just, you know take the kids out every once in a while. I mean, why do we make such a big deal out of getting kids into the community or people into the community? Yeah,
3: why Why are we doing this? And what I think about is what motivates me personally? I I have a community that I live in. I have a, a you know church that I go to and the schools that my kids go to. And I have friends and I have people that I interact with on a daily basis. And that gives me... Um, that gives me so much, uh, inadvertently to, to, you know, say hello to somebody in the morning and feel like, oh, that person remembers my name and, oh, you know, how cool that I go to the grocery store and I run into a, a community member that I like, um, that I've, that I've seen around town. And I think that feeling that I've always had of, of being a part of my community is something that I have to remember that our, our, the individuals we work with, they have that want too. And it's so Mm -hmm. important to include them because, because you only get that when it's a genuine, you only get that feeling and that satisfaction and that motivation to do more in your life and to reach your full potential. If you're, if you're, if you are truly accepted by your community and you know you you brought up that point of you know making sure the community is accepting of of what we're putting together for them um and that's so very important those are the supports that we need to do that we need to put together to make sure that it's successful because uh yeah you can you know go take them to the bowling alley every now and then but that doesn't give somebody a sense of of community it doesn't give somebody a sense of Um, of being wanted and being known and you know I see I see in the the students we worked with I see them when we're at a location and somebody recognizes them it's oh hey I know you from you know I see him at school or I see him um over you know we run into him at the Denny's I've seen him with his parents or something like that that you know it, it lights up most of our students, where they feel included, and um, and that only motivates them then to do the next steps in life of, you know, job, you know, jobs in the future, career choices, um, school, um, and that only just keeps them feeling recognized as an individual, and that's what's important.
1: Yeah, it's an ongoing thing too. It's not. I think about our friend Mary that we, she was in her home yeah. with her parents. She was having challenges. You and I. Went into the home setting. We helped them there. We eventually got her into a hospital setting. We helped her there. We got her into a secondary hospital setting. You and I continued to help her there. Get Make sure that okay. nurses and doctors and other people treated her the way that she should be treated as an individual. Very, very high functioning individual with some emotional issues too that needed to be helped. Finally... Got her into a place of her own living environment, and you continue to do what with her? What's her favorite thing to do with you? On about Uh, a monthly basis,
3: every month we go and get coffee. We go and get coffee or bagels, (laughs) and that's uh, you know she'll she'll reach out to me, or I'll reach out to her, and we've created I think a really uh, connected friendship, relationship, a real relationship,
1: you know, and it's not it's not something you do because of money. It's not something you do because it's in her treatment plan you created a relationship with her she needs to know that relationships last and that people will Mm -hmm. still be around whether she leaves one hospital or goes to another place and and just the fact that you've continued that relationship with her we can also continually continue to support and make sure that we're in a sense like monitoring her too like okay I, I want to know not from some rating scale or from assessment tool. I want to know from my own eyes and ears. How's this person feeling, Augie? When you when you're doing an assessment, I know you do utilize you know rating scales and various tools. But what else do you do when you're uh, in the midst of that assessment? What's going through your mind?
4: Um, yeah, what. One big thing I think that we try to focus on is the uh, the motivations of the client in particular. So, what things what things do they like? So I think that, that kind of touches upon what you were um, discussing with for Mary. What are what are her preferences? What are her goals? What are her aspirations? Uh, what are the parents' goals? What are their aspirations um, for for their child?
1: Uh, or their, yeah, because you, know, you have two child. kids. You have two kids and you have the same aspirations for your kids. So you're going to get that feeling uh, and, and that understanding just as a parent that, okay, this parent wants the best for them. And, you know, it's funny because like with Mary, it's not just that she likes going to Starbucks or likes having coffee. It's that she can look forward every month to this event where she can share with a girlfriend, where she can talk with somebody you know, about whatever she wants to talk about, that she doesn't have to prove herself, you know, that she's already accepted. And to continue that acceptance, you know, I uh, I didn't mean to, to, to stop you, but it's no. it's so important for us to allow yeah. that experience for our the individuals that we work with. Because how many friends do they have? How many parties do they get invited to? How many, you know... Social events, do they really get an, get access to? And then, you know, I talked earlier about class as one issue in regards to integration. And like, if your family doesn't have the money and you can't fight the fight, you know, with a lawyer and all of this to get the, the right supports in place, you still may not have the right supports. And I know that at the university level, you also are working, Augie, to train individuals to assess and well, what's your, what's your goal for your students?
4: Yeah. Um, that's, you know, you make a good point because that we, we were talking about this, this idea of social validity. So we do go through a lot of, you know, technical aspects of, of, the assessment process. But, um, you know, one thing that we discuss is, you know, why, why is this an important thing to do for this particular individual? Uh, why are, are these behaviors, something, Uh, that need to be worked on. Uh, So one thing that uh, I try to convey to the students is is not only, obviously, the the technical aspects of applied behavior analysis, but uh, also asking those questions as to, you know, what things are important to this person. Is this important to other people? Um, Is this important to uh, particular individuals who are invested in this person's life? Uh, so and and those aren't necessarily um hard technical or you know, or really easy technical yeah. questions to to answer. Uh, no, those are things ju- that that do require um quite a bit of um, you know introspection, one might say, or or just being observant of you know of other people or or knowing yourself well enough to know you know you know why we should be doing something, why we should be helping somebody,
1: yeah. I. It is a, a matter of the students looking at themselves. It's exactly what you had said, Sarah. Also, about like how does this affect me? I have my own community, my own church, my own schools that I go to. That is how I am able to be part of my community. Unfortunately, we've we've come to the end of the show. We don't have uh, we never have enough time to talk about all the things we want to. I just really want to thank you both for coming on for a couple minutes and just discussing these ideas. And and what I know is that it really means a lot to the both of you. And I I just truly love you both for that. So thank you, guys. Thank you. Remember remember that on Strategies and Solutions, taking on the challenge with Dr. Sean, we're about your success. And know that each day can be the new future you dream of having in your life. We'll see you the next time. Blessings.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Solutions and Strategies with Dr. Sean, Living the Challenge. Be sure to join us again next Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week.